When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W- what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Jerry, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome back. It is the uh, uh, the <laughs> Eskridge Lexus post game podcast. I'm sorry, we're getting back into the swing of things, and uh, I really don't know what to make out of what I saw tonight because Oklahoma just paced Western Carolina 76 to nothing. Uh, it was a game that basically OU could not win for losing, but they didn't lose. Like they pretty much played the perfect game. It, it, it's one of those things It's like, okay, if you win by 50, you win by 50. It's not, there's probably not some great moments in there, but there's, it's somewhere in the middle. When it you was, win by 76, you can't bitch about anything. You can't complain about anything. It was anything. the game. Okay, so Tulane was the game that was over at halftime that wasn't. Right. This was the game that was over at halftime that absolutely was over at halftime. Man, it was, uh, but it... Is it over the top to say it was such a dominant performance that it like it felt you felt good for him because they had been through such hell over the last week? Well, I think that was they the exercised story. some demons. To me, that was the story uh, of the, the the end of the game, the victory. Is that yeah? Oklahoma coaches did not take it easy on these guys. They got they. I don't. I, I'm having a real problem with the the use of ass in college football, whether it's Ed Orgeron. Uh, or others like it's a little little uh, I'm a little concerned about you know just just why do we talk about ass so much in college football like bring your the, ass I think the, the, uh, that's just part of the college culture it is I guess ass it and just it's is. not it's not it just kind of has that you know you know what I'm talking about like Used in a sentence. Texas like a got their of, ass beat today. Like a bunch of overcompensation, kind of. Could be. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, like, they went out and beat their ass, uh, but they got their asses chewed this week. I, real quick story from uh, Friday night. I'm up at, uh, the, at Union Jinx or Jinx Union. I don't know which one's better. I guess Jinx Union since they won. But <laughs> yeah. uh, we were talking to somebody that has... Somebody close to the uh, support staff, I guess you could say. And uh, they were on the defensive side of the football, and he just basically said, like, it's been 
pretty a miserable balls. week. It's been pretty balls to the wall. Yeah. Uh, and the guy that said it, like he knows, he knows football. He knows what goes into it and all that kind of stuff. And it's like they basically, you guys had done nothing. Like they tore him down this week. I think to build them back up, and certainly they got they got what they they wanted out of it. Well, and it's like you know we talked about we we talked about all the possible issues on the unofficial forty last week. Yeah, and you know I know I was talking uh, earlier tonight to someone about like Nick Saban and how he really went after his team this week because you know they were coming up against Mercer and it was going to be a letdown game and looks kind of like it was a letdown game for Alabama tonight. You see him chewing people's asses up forty. I did not. Just no, absolutely. No. Classic Saban. But, like, that's Saban has, and that's what we talked about last week. Like, what's Lincoln's way of dealing with this? Like, how does sure. he differentiate himself from other people? Sure. We, uh, we, and, it and, was a week ago we were talking about basically, like, can he be a hard ass yeah, with this like, group? And, and I mentioned, like, Lincoln has some old school in him. Sure. So I think this week kind of became an opportunity for them to kind of have that come to Jesus meeting where they said, all this stuff that you guys hear about yourselves as being, you know, a, a darling for the national championship picks for national media, like, all of that is bullshit. Like, unless you guys are going to go out here and bust your ass every day in practice, just like Alabama and Nick Saban does, you're really not shit. Like, and so, it, it I don't think it was like that type of talk. I just think they got in their asses yeah. and reminded them old school, Old Testament style, like, what you aren't good enough. Right. There was a lot of talk. Even after the game tonight, there was a lot of talk about Alex Grinch saying how much he appreciated that they went out and handled themselves on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I think that even going and back Perry into last talked week. about that today. Yeah, too. it's like on Tuesday and Wednesday even, though, there was a lot of talk about, uh, or last week's Tuesday and Wednesday, it was like they they saw this coming, yeah. talking about the Tulane Lincoln letdown. Lincoln said that, yeah. And I think that they went back and, you know, Maybe that is a testament to the leadership in this group because I didn't know if there was a whole lot, uh, but you know it, it's easy to say that after they win seventy six nothing, it was a mismatch of epic proportion. But yeah, I mean, it's still I, I'm still firmly of the opinion that I want to see this team face some adversity. Sure. I want to see this offense. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's just like you look at the Iowa State game today. Uh, Iowa State is a team that plays a certain style, and it's very similar to the style that Iowa plays. Mm -hmm. And Iowa kind of invented that style, like just the grind it out. Uh, we'll we'll take two tight ends, and you know just just kind of wear you down, and we'll run our our running back and wear you down, uh, and eventually we'll take. But every year they play Iowa, and Iowa does that style better than they do. It's like they're so in their heads that you're just like. Okay, I want to see Oklahoma get back out there against a, a team like Iowa State that's going to face, you know, is going to give them some adversity that's going to take the ball away from them, that's going to keep sure. it away from them, uh, that's going to force every possession to matter because that's when we find out what this team really is. It's not beating Western Carolina 76 to nothing, even though that's all they could do tonight. Like from what right. was put in front of them, they did everything that they could do tonight. And they didn't play very well tonight, but I think that that first major quote-unquote test will probably come in two weeks when they go to Manhattan. I don't think this K-State team is bad. Yeah. And even when they With are bad... With that said, they didn't play well tonight against Southern Illinois. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But they beat Stanford, who just kicked the shit out of USC. Yeah. I, if there's anything that we've taken out of the first two weeks... I was talking about this to somebody uh, before the game tonight. 
you can't it, like it's week to week. This shit is week to week. I don't know though. I I just think because when you open in the in week one, it's like you had Notre Dame and Florida State. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure that the, those weren't the most two perfectly matched average teams in college football this year. Yeah, Notre Dame seems like an average team. They went to a back. They went to a. a they replaced their quarterback today. I didn't know that because I didn't they know were that so they frustrated. Took, uh, cone out. Yeah, they went with. Uh, I don't, I can't remember his name, but they went with and he started making plays for him. They got lucky today. They got lucky they today. Did. But then Florida State loses to Jacksonville State. Unbelievable. On one of the most amazing final plays of a game that you'll ever see. If you haven't heard the overlay with the Florida State radio call, you got to listen to it because the color guy just absolutely loses his mind. Miami struggles today. I mean, everybody was like, oh, you know, they, you know. They lost to Virginia Tech week one, right? Miami? or No, week? Alabama. Alabama. Oh, they, lost, they got killed by Alabama. That's right. Uh, and the, So they struggled today, and then Alabama doesn't exactly blow um, Mercer. Mercer out of the water. Well, just look at uh, look at Oklahoma State. I mean, look they, at Tulane. Tulane scored look 72. Look at Tulane. Scored no, 72. 69. Or I guess 69. they must have lost a field goal there. They took that field goal away? I guess so. Those sons of bitches. They score 60. It was Morgan State. Isn't that the team that Blake Griffin flipped the guy over him? In the uh, was it Morgan State or was it uh, Norfolk? I want to say it was Morgan State. It wasn't Norfolk because I think that that's Darno Mayberry's uh, alma mater. Anyway, Tulane beat the shit out of them. They're zero and two. We'll, we'll so see not what we'll good. see what Tulane's up, about though. Here coming up in uh, a week, when they play they go, Ole Miss. They go to Ole Miss yeah. next week. They mm-hmm. go to the Grove next week. But I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's week two. We're finding out all kinds of things. Uh, no one looks it, – it's like we said last week on the pod, like it's that old adage, it's never as good as you think, it's never as bad as you sure, think. Sure, sure. And that, all you have to do is look at week two to realize, yeah, that's probably right. If there was anything that I took away from today, though, it, it, that looked more like what I think a lot of people wanted. And, you know, Eric Gray started to run the ball. All the, all the first-team offensive guys, they did anything that they wanted at points. But I was excited about seeing some of the younger guys play. And, you know, maybe not so much on the offensive side of the ball, but you started to see them get those rotations in defensively. And, you know, Latrell McCutcheon, obviously, he he made the most of his opportunity. He gets a start today. Danny Stutzman was all over the field at points in the third quarter. Uh, you have, you know, Bryson Washington recovering a fumble, uh, picking off a pass in the fourth quarter. Uh, you have Ethan Downs flashing at points today. It was just yeah, it was yeah, good to see yeah. that 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 freshman group kind of start to play a little bit better and even some of the younger guys in the program that had to go through pan- the pandemic last year played well. My biggest pet peeve of the night uh happened multiple times which is we all know this game doesn't deserve tons of coverage. Right. You're not going to write a bunch of stories about Things about this game. No, I You're mean they, they did what they they did what they needed to do. So everyone, well, not everyone, but some people. We used to have Chris Lincoln for this. We don't anymore. Oh no, I know where you're going. Uh, move ahead to Nebraska. It's a it's a big week in the. How do I say this? I have no idea that these people are as old or as young as they really are. I, I and I don't mean this because I love I love all the I love all of our. Uh, Newspaper writers, but it's a big week in the newspaper world for Nebraska. Is that wrong to say? No, I mean it's a it's an older 
uh, more traditional outlet. And I know we'll talk about it on the unofficial forty, but like my memories of OU Nebraska are you know those Scott Frost teams and the Eric Crouch teams coming in and just beating the John shit out Blake of Oklahoma. Getting the hell kicked out. Like of I remember him. that seventy four to fifteen or what or twenty one game. JT like Thatcher it was and Seth Luttrell having to play running back and just yes. getting murdered. Yeah, like just no competition. And, but I, look, and here's the thing though, I mentioned this today. You know when you go to the convenience store and it says. Uh, if you were born after this day in 2000, yeah. you cannot buy beer. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much an entire football team now. Like, sure. There were two games between these teams that mattered nationally. What happened in 2000? What happened in 2001? And, Carrie, I mean, is, is there anybody on this team that was alive for those? Everyone that's on this team, I think, was born in 2000. Maybe Caleb Kelly. Sorry, Caleb. <laughs> Seriously though, like, but he was a toddler. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't it. know shit about that mm. game or mm. those. And it's not like those in two thousand two thousand one. That was a resurgent Nebraska team that had sure. kind of fallen off. Sure. Uh, Eric Crouch won a Heisman, and it was a lot of nostalgia. Like, oh, Nebraska's quarterback. Nebraska's back because they have this great quarterback. Right. He wasn't Tommy Frazier. No. He wasn't even Scott Frost. Like I don't even really. I remember the Nebraska Florida game, but I don't really remember it. The one where Nebraska just yeah, like ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, I mean, I was Tommy Frazier, s- seven or eight years old. Steve Spur- Well, that's the game that got Bob Stoops hired by Steve Spurrier. It's crazy. Um, from Kansas State, but no, I remember those games between Nebraska and Kansas State. You remember the one? I mean, I don't know if you remember this game. There was a game in Manhattan where Nebraska literally took the quarterback's helmet in, or maybe it was Kansas State. I think Kansas State took the quarterback's helmet and ripped it all the way back around to where no. he was wearing it backwards. There's a great like that. Sports Illustrated photo of that back in the day. But like those were like death matches. I mean, they were unbelievable like, games. Grant Wistrom is yes. like a name that I remember yes. from Nebraska. Yes. That's that's like that's my memory. Well, I mean, Trev Alberts was like another Grant Wistrom. Like he was a god. And like that's the reason he's the AD is because Trev Alberts is like royalty. Sure. But that was the last of the the great breed. I mean, after that, you know, you had some nice players in 2000, 2001, uh, but nobody liked the Tom Osborne era players. No. It's just a different world. So, like, to ask these kids about the great tradition and the history of this rivalry. They're, they're going to all say the, good, the right things. This yeah, week I mean, that's, like all, that. that's what bothers me. Is the players are forced to be put in a situation where they're just, but they're just saying a bunch of bullshit because they know they'll get in trouble if they don't. Sure, sure. Or but, because for being disrespectful. But there is, I think, an element, and you know, I and the I, same holds true for the Nebraska players. They don't know shit about this rivalry either. Sure. Most of them that are at Nebraska couldn't even walk on at Nebraska in those days. Perfect example. I mean, do you see the quote that Adrian Martinez had this week about nine eleven? No, uh-uh. he's like, I, I wasn't old enough to remember it but and he, he basically said i've been to the memorial in new york city though and i appreciate yeah. the history and all that kind of stuff right. and I, there'll be a lot of that this week and i think that it will be cool like i know that ou has a lot of stuff planned uh you know with bringing former players back that played in the 71 game and all that kind of and stuff and i know like kersey's been working on a shit ton of stuff for the athletic yeah. you know talking to like Switzer that stuff and, and that form, stuff will be really cool like blevins and probably uva and, and stuff like that like that's what you do right now. Sure. You write about the history of it. You don't try and bring these players back in time to something they don't even know about. So, I mean, 
why waste everyone's time with those questions when it's like I said, I will say though, it was better than it was better than asking about, you know, uh, Clayton Smith's play tonight. Like, who cares? It's Western Carolina. Yeah. It it was definitely a throwaway, but it, uh, I mean, no, the only really questions to ask, like Todd Hudson, Jaden Knowles, they should have had the spotlight done. Jaden Knowles did get to talk to the media. Like, I don't think that, and I was telling my dad after the game, it's like, I don't think those guys are necessarily going to be difference makers, but you could probably stick Jaden Knowles in there to pick up a couple yards if you really needed him to. Yeah, at some point in the game, uh, you and know, they did the next go some with the double backfield with Jeremiah Hall, which I think is the first time we've seen that yeah. this year. He got he had the seven yard carry, he had the the red zone uh, reception as well. But you know, it it was more about like it was kind of like what you were asking about after the game, carry. It's like. It was good to see Jaden Hazelwood start. That has to be a Two game touchdowns, that yeah. he gets some I mean, confidence out of I know of it's a nobody team, but he he, him just being able to score two touchdowns is big for him, yeah. I think, and mentally. I think just like the stiff arm on the on the sideline over on the uh, northwest side of this, uh, the field, it's like he needs little moments like that to start building on top right. of each other. right. And it was kind of odd because he like did a photo shoot and stuff before the game, so it's like, oh, he did. Yeah, you didn't see all that. Like he was up on top of the like. Oh, the, with OU though. Yeah, with yeah, OU. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he was doing stuff in the tunnel, and he was doing stuff up on top of the press box, and he was doing stuff, uh, like at the OU, like yeah. in the entrance and stuff. Yeah. I don't know why they decided. Like that was. I don't know why they decided to do that, but that I mean, maybe you have a soothsayer. Is it a soothsayer? Is that someone that? that predicts the future i think so yeah uh if i mean maybe just keep picking someone and they're gonna have two touchdowns every I w- game. and i will say though it was uh you know as as much it as it was good seeing drake stoops have a nice catch too. hell yeah it was good to see him out welcome there. back drake stoops i heard uh bob was on the uh broadcast i don't know if anybody saw it time deal heard yeah. he, he might have had a couple this afternoon Probably on the on Belmar the flight back from the uh well on the maybe on the flight back from, oh, columbus. from columbus yeah yeah maybe a couple uh Rock hard uh, rock and roll tequilas on the way in. So the, there's some kind of mango drink that he he talks about that's pretty oh, good. Oh, really? Yeah, mango yeah. tequila. As as much shit as mango I gave the Nero. as much shit as I gave the atmosphere last week. Uh, I had to go down and do radio at ten o'clock this morning. It's like even at ten, it just felt like a game day down there. And I you you get closer and closer to the game, and I thought the crowd was great. They stayed for you know as much as you possibly could ask somebody to stay for in a 76 nothing blowout. Yeah. Uh, but the, the atmosphere was definitely a lot better and it's just like small things too. It's like, I think even Lincoln said something about the, uh, the sideline energy too on the sidelines. It was a lot better today. You know, I thought about that a little bit. Um, and I think it makes sense when you, when you stop to think about, you know, people haven't really, they've had to put off a lot of vacations. People sure. haven't put off weddings. I sure. mean, people have had to put off doing a lot of things. And then when I think the vaccine started coming out, people started feeling more comfortable about, like, let's get out and travel. Sure. Like, so I'm sure a lot of people made plans for Labor Day that just couldn't be broken because they probably hadn't done that kind of stuff in a couple of years. I think there was some of that. And then, you know, I think tonight it was just, it was a beautiful night. Like when the sun went down, it mm-hmm. was, it was beautiful out. It just—it was a nice night to be out there, and of course, it, you know, enjoyable when it's basically a team that you're pinning your ears back and. I think probably the only the only negative that you have tonight. Well, I mean, uh, Caleb Williams had a beautiful throw that was dropped. Um, that just dropped it right in the bucket. I don't, was it Todd Hudson that dropped I it? I think so. Yeah. Um, 
but you wish that there wasn't such a beatdown because you could tell Lincoln just didn't want to like let him loose and sure. just start throwing it all sure. over the place. But so to me, that was the only thing that kind of was disappointing. Uh, but then what are you going to do, man? I mean, you won 60 or 60 or 76 to nothing. Yeah. It's like, if you let him loose, you probably would have been in the eighties yeah. and nobody wants that. It was, uh, it was fun. There there was, there was, there was a lot of really good moments and, uh, you know, Gabe Burkett showed up again. That another fifty sixer. I don't think people realize. Like, and I don't know how much maybe the wind. By the way, that thing, it. that thing was right down the middle, dude. Like, was not even close it, to being bad. It was like one of those basketball things where you look and a guy dunks like an NBA game. It's like his head is almost above the uh, backboard. Remember Blake Griffin used to hit his head on the backboard. That ball that he kicked was still like almost going up. Halfway through the halfway through the um, the the goalpost, it was it was impressive. I, I think, just figured out what just happened. You heard it before. Yeah, it's I'm on ESPN Scores page. And oh. they have an auto ad that keeps trying to play. Oh, okay. I wonder what that was. Uh, but no, it was it was a, about as dominant of a performance as you can ask for. And I think that it was a good kind of foundation builder for moving ahead. It's like okay, you you You've get through reset. this one. You yeah, reset. you did reset. Now you gotta you're gonna go out against a Nebraska team that you're gonna probably be, you know, three, four touchdown favorite against, and you gotta do it again. I mean, if you think ahead to Monday, um Alabama will be number one. Um Oregon's gonna maybe possibly be number two. No, I don't think they'll move from twelve to two. I don't know. Winning in Columbus is pretty big. Of course they beat that ass. No one it, and you look at week one, combining it all, oh, Ohio State's defense, not great. Not good at all. Not good at all. They, I mean, Oregon, from what I saw today, just did whatever when they, they wanted, wanted to put the ball yeah. on the ground, they they just ran around the edge. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me, too, that Ohio State didn't have a single sack today. Yeah. That front seven. Josh Proctor got hurt, and then, and then you really saw how their depth fell off, which is surprising. Yeah. But. I think Texas moves up. What an ass beating! That's embarrassing <sighs> to go to. And granted, Arkansas is probably a little bit better this year, but to go and to get your ass beat like that, I, I know three hundred and thirty-three like yards on the ground. Their first seven possessions, Texas offensively, uh, I think they said five of the first seven were uh, three and outs. I mean, that shit can't fly. Has to be deflated. Here's where Steve Sar- Sarkeesian has the biggest issue: is he is at a university. That his is historically bad at developing quarterbacks, uh, and everyone that's a Texas fan right now is saying Hudson Card is not the guy. Does he have the balls to stick behind that decision to yeah. name him the starter? Yeah, and in in because I think that's a big part of Texas's problem. They have never been willing to put up with um, growing pains with quarterbacks unless it was Vince Young because that was the best they had. It's a talented team that is going to have to learn with Hudson Card. They're going to just have to go with it. I mean, it. think of all the quarterbacks that they have just abandoned over the years, whether it's uh, Swoops, uh, Colt McCoy they never had to abandon, but pretty much everybody since then, I mean, they never abandoned Ellinger, and I'm not sure that that wasn't the best decision. That was probably, yeah, that was like a one of those things that was like, they were kind of making a bad decision, weren't they? 
they but just they never had anybody they behind didn't have anybody him. to get rid of you know to 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 push him oh it's bad it's bad and then when they would sign certain guys they would just i mean i mean i guess you could say they they sat they stuck behind garrett gilbert until he transferred but then what that doesn't explain him being an even better quarterback at smu no well and then they went down and you know it, it seemed like you know cam rising was going to be a guy and then he transfers out and and I think we all weird. love Casey Thompson, yeah. the Thompson family. Absolutely. And he was great in the bowl game last year. Is he? I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I haven't seen enough of it no. to judge. Is he, is he potentially better than Hudson Card, or is that just the message board overreaction, uh, much like last week where Caleb Williams needed to replace Spencer Rattler? Sure. I think for one week, uh, Spencer Rattler will uh, continue to be the uh, starting quarterback yes. in Oklahoma. I he's think that's, earned that right. He did look more comfortable today. And I, you know, again, it's it's tough to look out and say, okay, Western Carolina, what did they actually try to force him to do? But he still had to sit back there and make some throws, and he made some really good throws at times. He did, yeah. And he stepped into his throws this week. He wasn't sure. throwing off his back foot sure. all the time. So, I, I mean, I think that talk with the defense also extended to a talk with Spencer about his mechanics. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I I hate to say this, but it's like, I feel like sometimes in the media we point things out that are pretty obvious that get fixed the next week. Yeah, I mean, well... And it, I'm sure they, I'm sure we don't if, need if, to point that out for them to... For the co- coaches, as much as they get paid... Sure. They're probably seeing the same things that we are. We're just looking at the real really obvious stuff. yeah like maybe the coaches all got on uh, the crimson corner this week they fixed everything <laughs> i'm thinking somebody got on there i don't know if, I don't know if it's the coaches but uh, the, the message was definitely received down there i think that people weren't unhappy but i think i think as unhappy as the fans were over the past week uh lincoln riley and alex grinch even you know tonight i thought grinch said some stuff in his post game that He's, it still eats at him a little bit, the way that they laid down in the third quarter last week. Something you mentioned earlier um, that deserves to be talked about because he, uh, uh, of the scholarship running backs tonight, he did lead them all in yards per carry, and that's Eric Gray. Needed to have a game, even against a shitty team, where you're just like, okay, he's actually a good running back. And that happened. It seemed me. like everything slowed down for him a little bit tonight. Yeah. It didn't seem like, and I think that that is the one thing that Kennedy is so great at. He lets everything develop so well in front of him. And I think that it seemed like Gray just maybe held back a tick and let everything develop a little bit more. Obviously, it was happening a little bit quicker. Uh, those holes were opening a little bit better because of the uh, defensive line for Western Carolina. But all in all, I thought OU's offensive line played pretty well. I was a little surprised that Conjol was still the guy at center. Yeah, I know. You I still don't know if that's... Tweeting about that a lot. I still don't game. know if that's going to be the guy, though. Like, when it comes to nut-cutting time, yeah. is Andrew Rame going to still be the guy? Yeah, because I'll say this. I mean, from everything that I've heard, they were very upset with Andrew Rame about the whole COVID situation for whatever reason. I don't sure. Know, I would assume he's probably unvaccinated and that they're not happy about that because... You're a guy that is snapping a ball to your most important player every play. Like, I just, I, that's how I would feel. Like, sure. if, and if you're a, an employer, if you have a, if you work for a big company like I do uh, at the radio station, you have no choice, you know, about that stuff. Yeah. It's like, 
you just have no choice unless you your choice is to walk away from your job. Yeah. If you believe that strongly in it. And I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you can't do you can't do that for a college athlete. No. They they But look- you can you can let them know we're not happy about this and it's affecting our evaluation of you know whether we want you to be the guy or not. I would imagine though that that lesson or whatever you want to call it is probably learned at some point here in the next couple of weeks though and like you're not going to be trying to teach a lesson against Kansas State. You're not going to be trying to teach a lesson against co- in the Cotton Bowl. By the way, uh, I don't want your uh I don't want you in my mentions about uh anti-vaccinations. I have several anti-vax friends. Uh I've heard it all. There's nothing else that you can tell me. I don't fight with them. I just let them live their lives. I'm not here to like I have I'm not trying to get political, but I actually enjoy the fact that no one is putting up signs saying that you have to do this or you have to do that because I feel like now we live in a world where if I want to wear a mask into a store, I can. Sure. And I don't have to judge other people for not having a mask on because there's not a sign up that makes me feel mad at them. So I just, I I stay away. Like I went into a convenience store tonight and there was a woman that had clearly had too much to drink after the game. Imagine that. And she was, um, she wasn't mad or like, like yelling at anyone, but she was excitedly talking about, she'd been to the Mont and obviously had uh, several swirls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was talking about her day, but I was like, I did not want to be anywhere near that woman because I don't know who she's been near you all day it. or if she's vaccinated. Like, not just like, COVID either. It could be anything. Syphilis. It could be any type of STD. She was not a bad looking woman, which is, she was with like a guy that looked half homeless. Oh, maybe she picked him up. <laughs> maybe somebody's getting lucky Norman. tonight. Maybe There's somebody's getting lucky tonight. He was perusing the wine out the wine aisle. So. Oh, good for them. Have a night. But no, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I'm accepting of all kind. It's not like I sure I I ran out of the store because there was a crazy woman just screaming. I'm just like everybody live their lives. It's fine. So I don't need any anti-vaxxers coming after me. That's all I'm saying. I don't support you, but I also am not telling you what to do. They're probably muted in your mentions anyways. You won't see them. I don't know. I'm getting a lot of new followers. And I can tell that, I don't know, we probably wouldn't be friends in real life. (laughs) And you know what those timelines are like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not talking about just you're a little conservative. I'm talking or a little liberal. Like, you're way over the line on both sides. You're either... You're extreme. Sure. Anyway, back to the football. We got semi-political on the pod. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's late night. It's late night. It's late night. Anything goes. Anything goes here. I'm on my second whiskey. So it it was interesting though, like just and because there's only two things that you can kind of compare it to, but I just can't get over how and it, it it makes it even weirder now, like just how weird last week was. For that opener, like today was like the full throttle. Like you had the recruits on on the sidelines. I ran into the uh, Nelsons before the game. 
uh, you had everybody the, getting you in. You guys were talking about like Tommy Harris was with uh, Dindy's family. Tommy Harris was hanging out with the Dindy family, and I don't know if they have a, a already have a relationship. I don't know because isn't uh, Gabe's dad a uh, a preacher? And I know Tommy's real active. In right, that Tommy. Stuff too, is, as well. I, I I don't know that he's a certified minister, but I know that that's been a big part of his sure. life. Yeah. But they, I mean, they they definitely were down there and they were having a good time. It was just cool to see everybody. Like it felt today felt like the first game day game day. Yeah. In really basically two years back to 2019. It was. I mean, 2020 yeah. wasn't you didn't get that full experience. Saw Porter Moser for the first time, like in person live. Well, think about think about today. All these games that we were talking about happened in September. Yeah. Like the Big Ten and the sure. Pac-12 and everybody's conferences were playing today and there were upsets and there were surprises uh, Iowa, Iowa State didn't happen a year ago. I mean, uh, that got canceled. So it's like we're back. It almost gives me chills just talking about it because, like, we are back. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And, I mean, if there's any other, like, we're back sign, it's Iowa State getting the shit knocked out of them by Iowa. <laughs> like, can't trust them anymore. We're done with them. They are dead to me. It's just unbelievable. They got it. That there's Unbelie a little bit, of and they struggle with Northern Iowa. Like I'm betting for North, you know, every year if they continue to play Northern Iowa, I'm gonna make ten thousand dollars before the season starts just betting on those. They teams. they got a little bit of a bedlam problem. Like Iowa State has a little bit of a bedlam yeah, problem. No matter what do. Iowa is, yeah. they come in and they just they it it has to be a feeling of we're not losing to them. Why would why would that happen? It would be like if Oklahoma State kept. You know, replicating 2011 over and over again, but they never could beat OU. Sure. It's just unbelievable to me. I, there were some scores out there today that just really surprised me. But, I mean, I, I think the thing that, you know, you take from today, and and we, I mean, we never had a chance to really discuss it on the pod about, you know, the, the new members coming into the Big 12. Um, but kind of what you take from today is, you know, the Big 12's not great. I mean, Oklahoma State certainly is is head-scratching with what's going on with them. I don't understand how you run for 27 yards in the first half against Tulsa. Yeah. I know Tulsa has a pretty good front seven. I know they have a pretty good defense. But at the same time, and then you have Spencer Sanders making the same stupid-ass mistakes. Yeah. It's just it's 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 really weird uh, how everything has gone down. A&M was on the ropes against Colorado today. Yeah. Like all the great things. But that, that was kind of explainable. They lost their starting quarterback, and the guy that they sure. came in was about the most scared human being I've seen playing a college football game. But at the same time, it's and like. And it was in. The funny thing, it was at the Broncos Stadium. So yeah. it was like half full of AM yeah. fans. I mean, they it was almost like a neutral site game. It's wild. Billy Lucci was standing there like a homeless person on the sideline, which I don't know what he does. Like, why do you get a sideline pass just to stand there? You're not, you don't have a video camera. You're not doing anything. Like, you're not... I saw he went on a vision quest yesterday in the mountains of Rock, of the Rockies. Maybe he was on a bad acid trip. He looks like a guy that's discovered, like, medical marijuana recently. <laughs> All the way from College Station. He, why would he have to do that, though? I mean, he could just call, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that used to play for the Lakers that got arrested down at College Station. The white guy. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, they had the weed in his, yeah. his grinder. Yeah, the grinder in his uh, carry-on bag. I can never remember his name. God, I don't know I, why. And I'm not going to look it up. I refuse. He's a great He's a great player. He's now. a good player. No, he is. I think he got a big contract. 
He's got a hot chick, too. I mean, remember when he signed that contract? When you play for the Lakers, you got to. Well, he signed that contract, and then he and his girlfriend, Caruso. like... Caruso, right? Uh, yeah, not Alex, Ryan Caruso. Alex Caruso? Alex Caruso, yes. Um, no, but I mean, I don't know how much we learned about the Big 12 other than it's not as bad as we thought, but some teams are. Yeah, but then you have or, Kansas or State losing to Southern yeah. Illinois. You have Texas Tech losing Kansas to UTSA. State won, and then Texas Tech won. They did win, though. They did win. That's the better. That's the opposite of. I mean, Texas Tech looked. They're the only team that looks bad for winning. Sure. Really. I mean, well, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech look sure. bad for winning. And Baylor won easily. They won like sixty-six to seven or something. Good. Um. But as 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 Kansas good as as good as the Pac-12 looked with Oregon. You still had Washington going to the big house losing today. Yeah. Got yeah. their ass beat. Uh, you still have... You have your bell cow and USC losing to Stanford horribly. BYU beating Utah. Yeah. Like, it, it's just a weird collection so far. And, like, Cincinnati struggled for a while today, but you look at that final score, and it, you, you would never bat an eye. Like Who are they playing today? It was somebody not very good. I shut the ESPN thing off. I'm sorry because the Murray the State forty two seven. It was Murray State. Yeah, it was like seven seven in like the second. Everybody was panicking. Oh really? It was. Oh, you went out and took care of business, obviously. But you know, I I think that we're going to learn a lot more about this team. Like if OU can go out and dominate a Nebraska team that obviously isn't very good. You look at the uh, comparative scores. You know, Illinois got their ass beat again today. Uh, God. If they can go out and do it again, though, then you then you go into conference play, and you start thinking, okay, this is this, can this group be for real? And I think the expectations kind of everything aligns back into what everybody thought it was going to be. I got a I got a text um, tonight from uh, our old friend Lindsay Lee, who used to work for us yeah. at Rivals. She asked if we needed a photographer of the week. I didn't want to get into the whole COVID. You know, I can't get it. Like she was joking around, basically saying, "I'm really not looking forward to this game next sure. week." Like. That's to me the funny part about this is Nebraska fans. Will Nebraska fans travel down here? I I think so. I mean, I think some will try and. I mean, I think everybody kind of knows the score, tickets. right? I mean, I think it's more of a just I mean, it's, an experience. It's technically a sold out game already. Yeah, so. I think it's technically more of just uh, an experience. I mean, like how many, how many Nebraska fans would just like to come to Norman because they haven't been here in ten years? Mm-hmm. Probably I mean, a lot. Lincoln's a cool town. I'd go back to Lincoln to watch a game. It's one place I've never been. It's a it's a it's a city, but it's like a small city. It's just sure. it's very strange. Sure. Because like Omaha is a bigger city, but Lincoln's just like it has skyscrapers and a nice downtown and you know, like a a, a civic center kind of vibe to it and stuff. Like it's okay. I haven't been there in a long time, but since I guess 05 was the last time OU would have played there. Yeah. That was when Adrian Peterson came back and Chijoke Onya Nagecha was starting. Well, the last time that they played up there, wasn't it the uh, Sioux game? Oh, no. I was there for the Sioux game, too. Yeah. He was dominant. He was pretty good. They needed another. They needed a couple more Sioux. Like, if people like, like, why do you hate Landry Jones so much? It's because I went to that game. That broke you forever? It broke me forever. I drove that piece of shit sitting in my driveway up there and back. No way. Yes. That thing's been to Lincoln? That thing's been to oh, Lincoln. Oh, man. Yeah. Story. The eclipse, yeah. No way. That's crazy. Paul Walker eclipse has been to Lincoln and back. Yeah. What is unbelievable, like, looking at the uh, 
like the sports or I mean uh, sport the Sooner Sports notebook that they sent out, like the the records and stuff that were uh-huh. set today. Yeah, it's just unbelievable some of the stuff that they were able to do. I mean, you have, I mean, the thing about Nebraska Oklahoma is, you have Heisman Trophy winners that made their names in that game. Sure, I mean, uh, in even Eric Crouch. I mean, in two thousand and one. The the throwback pass that he did that Nate Hibble didn't do. Right. Uh I mean Jason White tearing out his knee, you know, when they played there in 01. Uh you think about uh Elvis Peacock, you think about Johnny Rogers, uh you think about uh Jack Mildren. I mean all the names that were in the and even going back to you know, Anthony Stafford, Keith Jackson in the reverse. I mean sure. like all the shit you grew oh, that, up with. I mean, the the Keith Jackson picture is a, like a picture that my aunt and uncle had in their house. Yeah. Like, and, you know, obviously, I guess I was one at the time. Was that in 88? That would have been... Okay, so I'm trying to think this through. I think 88 would have been the year that... I want to say that was the year that Charles Thompson broke his leg at the end of the game, and it would have been in Norman because it was like freezing rain. And I remember standing up, and my jeans were frozen. Keith Jackson, eighty-eight yard run was eighty-five, so I wasn't yeah. even alive. Yeah, that was that was not that eighty-eight game. Eighty-seven is, I believe, when Anthony Stafford did the hurdle over the guy at the goal line mm-hmm. uh, to score on the long run. Uh, and may I mean like people always get after me because of my history, but I believe that their quarterback then was Steve Taylor, and he talked a bunch of mad shit in the pregame. Something Before about the, week. the key, you know, they owned the key to the house, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you was like, oh, I, we got the keys now after the game was over. What year was the? Uh, and I could be completely wrong about this, but what year was the uh, year that Switzer took the? Uh tacos onto uh the set of that was earlier like that okay. was when the the that was when they got invited to the el paso bowl i think mm-hmm. or the sun bowl um because they lost that year or whatever but then you also have the year where they rematched in the orange bowl the year when like oh like billy sims i think personally fumbled like five times uh and then they had a rematch and they lost in the regular season and they had a rematch in the orange bowl when ou won like, that's how big that rivalry used to be. Like, it was so good. They had a regular season game, and then they they the bowl, the bowl committee said, we want these two teams back to Again. play another game. It's insane. It's insane. I can't wrap my head like, around that. Like, can you that. imagine that happening now? I mean, I mean, it could happen. I guess we technically get, like, OU Texas was a pretty big deal when they played again in the Big 12 Championship, but that wasn't yeah. a, like, that's not two groups of people saying, we want you guys to play again by any right. means. right. right. In a game that had already been decided. Sure. I got some pretty cool stuff from my uncle, because uh, he played in the 71 game, and uh, I'll I'll put it on the board, and I'll tweet it out this week. Like, old newspaper clippings from, like, the day before the game, the preview for the game. Yeah. It's really cool. You do have some cool old shit that your uncle gets you. Yeah. It was cool. And it was it's always been cool to, like, we listen to, and talk about stories to, like, about that. We probably need to, like, reproduce that shit for, like, NIL. Like, fine. Like, I've always thought, like, you should, like, there's a t-shirt company that does that now. Because I, I see, like, uh, um, oh, what's his name? EDBS. It's Spencer Hall. Mm-hmm. He's always retweeting this t-shirt company that finds old vintage, like, programs and t-shirts and reproduces them really? on t-shirts and resells them. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah. But there used to be, I mean, there was, I remember, 
there would be like vintage stores that would have like you know old old OU memorabilia. It was like the front page of the Oklahoman. Like that's actually okay. I'm gonna issue this challenge. Like if you have like really cool, like 50s and 60s. Uh, memorabilia. I don't want you to give it to me, but I would like pictures of it. Like, send yeah. that to me. And we'll see about reproducing it, like for t-shirts. A lot of it's going to have, like, little red stuff in it that's going to be culturally insensitive. Yeah, <laughs> insensitive. I didn't really think about that. That's <laughs> eh, alright. That was the first thing that flashed through Can't my head. Can't change history. Yeah. So, you can get in trouble for it now, though. Yeah, probably so. Uh, but yeah, anything non little red, I, even if it has little red, I'd just like to see it. Yeah, just for reference. No, it's just cool to see. We could like make that a thing, like a feature on Sooner Scoop. Like, this is what merchandising used to be like back in the day. Sure, I think people would enjoy that. No, that w- that would be really cool. So yeah, see uh, Murdoch at SoonerScoop.com, Carrie Murdoch at Yahoo.com. Hit me up. Love to see it. Ask your parents about it. See oh, what sure. they got. I'm sure that. You know, there's there's a lot of stories to be told about these old OU Nebraska matchups. And, like, the programs used to be like that, too, back in the... Like, sure. you've seen the old programs. Oh, yeah, sure. I had the uh, that, that program that we took up to uh, Columbus with us that I had the picture with uh, but like that the put old, the two programs together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the old, like, East Coast programs and stuff, like, like Syracuse and Rutgers, like, mm-hmm. that shit used to be wild. Yeah. Especially, like, all the Florida stuff. The Gators and all that stuff, what they've I come up they with. I bet they had some pretty sweet oh, stuff. they had some good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Nebraska's going to be fantastic for a lot of fun. us. It's going to be fun. to, And I, I, and that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm getting at. Like, there's so many stories to talk about with OU Nebraska. The players aren't going to give you that. Yeah. It's going to have to be a lot of outside. People yeah, not I've, within the program. I wish, yeah, I wish that was more of what I did these days and I could... I mean, shit. Spend time doing that. Think about like Lincoln Riley. Really, I mean, he was probably what is he now? He's thirty-eight. He just turned thirty-eight. Yeah. So he would have known the two thousand stuff, but that's about it. Yeah. Even even the stuff before that, it's like he's still learning about it, and I'm sure that he's had talked with Coach Switzer and you know everybody that has been a part of those games. But at the same time, it's like it's still distant to those guys. I was like, I I gotta. I was telling someone that didn't know, like, that is an OU fan, but, like, you know, they don't really keep up with the day-to-day stuff. And uh, he was kind of incredulous when I told him about the whole players having to be retaped in the second mm-hmm. half against Tulane. And he was, like, beside himself when I told him We that. have no tape gate this week, yeah, by the no way. Yeah, no tape gate. Oh, r- it's really? good. It's good. I think, good? I think we're all good on that on that front. And I knew what to what I knew the joke to use with him. I said, "Yeah, they need to they need to stop bringing in these special guest announcers and have Barry Switzer come in and explain to them how it is that you have to play in order to be eating a hot dog on the bench in the sure, second half." Sure, like, that's the thing that they need to. And he thought that was the best joke yeah. ever. So no, I mean it, it, that stuff was concerning, but it gets covered up when you play like you did. And they they certainly you know I think that whatever the message was. It was communicated well, and I think that even even like I said, Carrie, it's like going back into the well, pregame. What was it? Stuff. Minus four yards rushing at halftime. Yeah, I think it was something around that, and a lot of that was probably because of sacks and stuff. But at the same time, I think that that message was communicated well enough to say, you know, whatever you guys did last week in the second half is not only is it unacceptable, but 
that shit just can't happen. I don't care if this is a uh, Division Two game. Like that's stuff that doesn't happen on uh, big time program sidelines. And I think that it all got kind of taken care of, and everybody was in a better mood today. Uh, it just felt like everybody was a little bit more keyed in this week. I think it was enough in. of an issue in a lot of different areas that everybody kind of had to take responsibility yeah. for what happened. No, I think there was a lot of looking in the mirror moments yeah. this, this past week. By the way, I I don't even know that we need to worry about PFF grades this week. Uh, if you just look at the tackle chart yeah. on defense, like all you need to know is Danny Stutzman led the team in tackling tonight. Kerry, I, I was cutting up the... Uh, all the video after the game before I came over and it is literally almost every other play that Danny Sussman's a part of it. Hopefully uh, the, you know, the shoulder thing or whatever is, is going to be checked out and going to be okay. But elbow, I think it was, it, oh, they said elbow. Well, that's what, um, yeah, we, that was the thing about, oh, I think what a Winfrey hard ass. said something about is he going to, is he going to have like one of those big ass, like a Teddy Lehman, I think Teddy Lehman machine things, things on his arm. Yeah. That'd be sweet. He looks awesome. What the, the best part of the whole night and this, you know, it's not a good thing that he got hurt, but as he's getting up, like this kid's a freshman and he's like, you could tell that he's laughing and like trying to like hype up the crowd as he's walking off the field. It's like that. I want. 11 of those guys. Yeah. I'll go to war with them anytime, any day. Of the and week. he said something about having a CT scan, but then he deleted it. So we know it's, it's not a small thing. Sure. I mean, the, the other concern you mentioned is, uh, to us in the group, you noticed Billy Bowman, uh, limping off with a ham, possible ham. Yeah. I think Bob said something, but I did see him on the sidelines, uh, throughout the second half. And he certainly didn't look like he was somebody that was being labored in how Maybe he was moving or how he was walking. Really bad. I think they went pretty safe. For a lot of those guys, but yeah, I mean, I you you saw you saw a nice play by Isaiah Coe tonight. Um, kind of stood out to me, but obviously Perry on Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas uh, saw some stuff from Jalen Redmond, but it was just I mean there were so many, and it wasn't like ugly in the in the rotations, but it was just like everybody contributed. No, everybody did. did their job. They did, and you know I I think even that's that's the exciting part is you saw guys take a step and you want to see him continue to come even a guy like a Shane Wider who Witter Witter who by all means a nice sounds like tonight, he's yeah. in the doghouse for a little bit uh and I think you can put Bryson Washington in that that same little reception that same little doghouse he's the first player since uh I was kind of surprised first player since Parno Motley 2019 to have a fumble in a uh or a fumble recovery and, a and interception an interception in the pick. same game yeah it was in uh Bedlam 2019 wow. I didn't think it would be that I don't know. I I guess I just was surprised that it had happened so recent. No, that was good to see. Um, did we see a lot of Keyshawn Lawrence tonight? Key Lawrence tonight? I don't remember seeing... I mean, I didn't see him flash much. He was in there early, but I wouldn't say that he was in there a lot. Devon Harmon played a lot tonight. be interested to see what their uh, snap counts are. Yeah. Um I mean they got everybody in there today. Yeah. You wore a you wore a uniform. You had a good chance. Jaden Davis played a lot tonight too. I yeah, think more he did. than the first game. He did. Yeah. I mean shit, Zach Schmidt, kid from uh McGinnis did, did knocked, down a, knocked down a field start goal. tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. That was I thought I saw he that. did. Yeah. That dude just looks great in a fuck <laughs> in a football uniform. He does. Like he looks phenomenal. I'm not even gonna believe that. It, and I wasn't even trying to say it. It was just <laughs> it, it just came out. I was I was trying to say football uniform. <laughs> he looks great, though. I mean, there's, and I think that you know you're starting to see some of the uh, 
the fruits of the labor that they got on the recruiting trail. Uh, but then again, it's just like it helps it, when you play a shitty. Like team. there's there's only so much you can say about the game tonight, and then say, oh yeah, by the way, it was against a Western Carolina team that's just not very good. They're just straight mm-hmm. up not very good. Yeah. I look. It's. I know Nebraska will be the focus now. I and I don't even know if Nebraska is going to be the focus as much as, oh shit, how bad is this going to be? Because the that's what Nebraska the, fans are. It's going to be the themselves. pageantry of the game. Like. I think Oklahoma fans are like, oh, it's going to be so good to welcome back Nebraska to our field. But I think everyone in Nebraska is like, oh, shit, we got to play OU. Yeah. Like, they're not even remotely worried about the pageantry or the history or uh, the game of the century, even though that's a 50-year anniversary and that's what this is all about. They just really don't want to get embarrassed again sure. by someone. Unfortunately, I you know, if OU has anything to do with that, uh, they probably will. And guess what? I understand everyone who sat through the 90s wants that to happen. Sure. Very badly. Sure. It just it, it is what it is. Can't stop it. But if I were Nebraska, I would definitely secretly hide Tommy Frazier on the sideline somewhere in case things go bad for Oklahoma and they somehow are in the game at the end. It's it's a let's say it's a one score game in the fourth quarter. I want Tommy Frazier all over that sideline. Is he, Although, still, is he still around the program, Tommy Frazier? I don't. I mean, so you had Turner Gill that was the coach at Buffalo, and everybody tried to make a case for him to be the Nebraska coach. Yeah, it never worked out. And I know Tommy Frazier tried to get into coaching, but I don't know where he's at now. And he was into coaching, I think. You know, the one guy that I would like, if 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 they if he were to, and I don't know why he would come back, but like if John if John Makovica is it John Mac or Joel Makovica Makovica? You talking about Nebraska big, coaches? Fullback, huge oh, fullback. Oh yeah, um, that's one of the guys from the Nebraska timeline of my life that'd be like, holy shit, that's that's him. <laughs> well, um. Yeah, I mean, they, I should have thought they, about this. They had so many fullbacks. I should have thought thought about this before the start of the week, but I should have done a steroid cycle just to, <laughs> just a like a tip of the cap to Nebraska. Call it your third booster. Yeah, something. <laughs> I think that'd be sweet. Yeah, who knows what kind of steroids Nebraska was pumping back in the day? But oh, it was I'm, something. I'm pretty sure we know. It I was, think it was <laughs> veterinarian grade. Is what I'm saying. There, there might be something in there, something from Russia, something, something from the maybe from the Dutch. I don't know. They, I mean, they had so many ickas on that team or itches. All those bitches. All those Nebraska teams were just unbelievable. Now it's over. It's long ways away from from, from what they Manimovich. are. I mean, they had a play called the Fumble Ruski. How much more? How much more Eastern Bloc can you get? Sure. As a program, I don't know. I don't know if you can. I mean, literally, Ivan Drago probably was born out of the uh, from a Nebraska fan that worked on Rocky Four. Tom Osborne's like his long lost father. <laughs> it's his seed. I could see that. Yeah. If it was, he'd just end up. And getting, see, Tom Osborne. If it was, he'd just end up getting beaded in at the end of all the movies by Barry Switzer. For people that don't know this, like. Tom Osborne was a great villain as a head coach at Nebraska because he was seen as kind of uh, morally superior and pious, yet um, 
And he would make all these statements like, you know, about, you know, kind of the sanctity of the game and the athletes and this and that. While they were, everyone, you know, behind the scenes knew they were shooting up steroids. Uh, and then the whole Chris Peter or was it Christian Peters thing happened. And then Lawrence Phillips thing, which is like, it was just like he never did anything to any of the people when things started going sure. bad. And it was just like you wondered, like, and that was when media started really getting big. Like, so how much shit happened, like, in the 80s when nobody really cared sure. about that stuff or wouldn't say anything or national news outlets weren't out, you know, with the gotcha stuff? Is Tom, I'm trying to think, like, a modern-day comparison. Does he have a little Dabo in Dabo him? Dabo is a great comparison. Does he have comparison. a little Dabo yeah. Sweeney? Dabo's a great comparison. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Dabo is definitely a modern-day Tom Osborne for the kids. Yeah. And I could definitely see that. That 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 somehow makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, others have tried, like, oh, I don't want to get in a fight with anybody, but um, I don't even know his name anymore. It's been so long. The, the coach at Ole Miss in Arkansas. Houston Nutt? Houston Nutt. Was a, I think he was kind of like a little bit of a, a wannabe Tom Osborne. I heard he but was he trying to get the enough. UConn job. God, I hope he's still not trying to get jobs. Supposedly he's like calling around to uh, high schools. I don't know if that was a joke that I saw on Twitter. Maybe it was. It probably was. They didn't do so well without Randy Edsel today. <sighs> they just they need, got shut out. They I just need to nothing. disband that program. That's, that's a dead program. I think we saw the last time that that thing was ever going to be anything. Oh, that, that Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, that Fiesta Bowl was one of the worst bowl games that we've ever covered. I mean, I've, one of the I've, biggest mismatches. I've heard that everything that anybody has ever said about Randy Etzel, though, is he's just a huge, terrible, terrible human yeah, being. I think that's true. Absolutely. All right, so uh, moving on to Nebraska. Uh, still a couple more weeks here uh, at home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy that, like, you know, and I was telling some buddies about this. We talked about this on the Unofficial 40 this this past week. It's like, you know, everybody bitches and complains about not having football, and now you look up and well, you only has five home games left. It's kind of it's sad how like how quickly that thing goes. Yeah, and it will. It will. It'll be really quick here over the next two weeks because then you look up and they only got three games left. Yeah, once they play Nebraska and West Virginia, mm-hmm. three games left. Thankfully, one of them's Bedlam. Sure. Well, no, they're good. They go to bed. They by go the to way, still, they go to Stillwater this year. By or yeah, they do, don't they? Um. They don't go to West Virginia or Iowa State, which is good for us. Um, no, but I look. I will say this, and and last thing I'm going to touch on, we can get out of here. But all the stuff that happened with the Big Twelve this week, and we'll talk more about it on the pod, um, the unofficial forty this week. But like, I don't know why, but I think you have to kind of draw a line. Like, where do you stand on this? I think I'm going to root heavily for Big 12 teams when OU goes to the SEC. Because, I mean, there's going to be so much coverage in our area. And we're on the radio, so we're going to have to talk about it. It's just going to be weird that... And I, I still don't think like I've it, it's sunk in that when all this does happen and OU's playing in the SEC, like we're not going to be in that Big 12 bubble anymore. I think I might care more about Big 12 college football than I do the Thunder when it comes down to it. I think it might go like, well, of course, my profession is OU, so you have to care the most about that. Sure. OU and the SEC, Big 12, 
And then I think Thunder will be third on my list, especially. We'll see if they start playing better. Yeah, you'll care about them. Kevin Durant and a a Russell Westbrook. They already got. They already got one. They got Poku. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean they they got got Poku and uh, Homeboy from uh, Josh Josh Giddy. Yeah. Now, if Josh Giddy becomes like Luca Light, you may have my attention again. But right now, you're third. What about SGA? I love SGA, but he's one man. Yeah, that's true. He's Canadian. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta win. I think that's gonna be the main bottom line. They have to, they have to challenge, entertain people. They have to. Uh, here's my, here's my bottom line. You have to get a four seed in order to, for me to care more about you than the Big Twelve without OU. Yeah, but at the same time, like there will be points of the season where you get to December and all of a sudden Big Twelve's over and. You're going to have to be watching basketball. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be fine with that. But I'm just saying, we know there are going to be periods where I have to choose throughout the year sure. when they overlap. And if I have to choose between mediocre Thunder and Texas Tech versus TCU, I'm going Tech TCU. I think that, Every that, time. that's probably just more college football love than it is anything else. Well, that's true. And if it was a national game, I still would. But Tech TCU in the grand scheme of things, for anyone outside of this state what or about Texas, like don't care. BYU Baylor. I'm in. Count me in. Just for the weirdness. Ooh, the Baptists and the Mormons. There will be that no... That could be really... That could be an ugly rivalry. We need like, to figure out if I can just go cover the uh, BYU-West Virginia. First time in war. We need to find out if Baylor made some demands about how often they were willing to go to Utah. Sure. I don't know. Was John Smith kind to the Baptists? <laughs> I don't think so. No? I grew up Southern Baptist. They think everyone's a cult. I mean, <laughs> and trust me. Guess what? Trust me. Um, Mr. Uh, uh, Brigham Young, not high on the Southern Baptist list. I can imagine. I could see that. They think Journey is a cult. The band? The band, Journey, yeah. It's weird. They got some devil imagery, apparently. Like so they're that, not like big that Kiss fans either, thing I'm is guessing. is like Egyptian or something for the devil. Oh, I don't God. know. God. They have all kinds of weird stuff. Have you had any conversations with anybody this week, just as far as, like, I think that the main question for Oklahoma fans is, is does this accelerate? OU's movement to the bit to the SEC. Like, do you ever see OU playing in a league where the four teams are in? I have okay. I'll tell you this: I have not had discussions about it because I'm very hesitant to think that this is anywhere near being resolved. And I saw that Brian Davis of the uh, Austin American Statesman had said that people in Texas are being quiet about it, mm-hmm. and once that happened. I was like, yeah, everybody's still lawyering up on this deal. Sure. And the whole, the when I saw BYU say they were coming in 2023, I was like, okay, well, they must be close to a negotiation period if they're willing to come out in their announcement and say we're joining in 2023. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, set, they wouldn't. But then, then it came out that the other schools might not join till 2024. And then I was like, okay, they're still playing the game here. How would that money situation work with television contracts if it goes down? I mean, there's 
there's no other way to say. I mean, they get paid what they're they were, but now they're splitting it between twelve teams instead of ten. Right. So it goes down. But here's the thing that I find most interesting about all of that is just that uh, I think Andy Staples wrote about this first. There's been like the rest of the Big Twelve has not allowed or asked Texas or Oklahoma to vote on anything. Right has basically removed them from the table, which if you look at the bylaws, that signifies that they are... Um, and that was an argument that I... Not that I had, but people would make about the bylaws. Like, they're not uh, technically an exiting member if they're going to stay through 2025, but they're being treated like they are. So I don't know what that means in terms of negotiations or... Uh, I mean, it's obvious Bob Bowlesby looks at every all of this stuff as being perpetrated by ESPN uh, and that they're gone, and and he should look at it that way, but I don't know what that means. for all. I mean, there's too many things to try. It's a big puzzle that's impossible to put together right now. Sure. It's going to be interesting. It's a brave new world that we're living in. Someone will slip up and mention something soon, I think, about the plans. Even this week. So, I think we'll get a better indication of where this thing is going. Or someone privy, like, you know, to the negotiations, a mediator or something mm-hmm. that knows someone or, you know, somebody's going to slip up. Can we just wait till spring? Just let us football season and then we'll worry about it. Yeah, because it doesn't really matter until then. No, it doesn't. I can guarantee it. People will be writing about it in the spring. Yeah. People will be writing about it in February instead of recruiting. Guaranteed. All right. Well, the Sooners win it uh, 76 to nothing. Nothing. They hold a goose egg, uh, which is, we know that. It's always difficult to hold a team to zero points. They did it tonight. A lot of it with backups. Uh, So it was a, about as good as you could have hoped for tonight. Uh, moving forward, Nebraska. We'll see what happens. Should be a blowout. If it's not, we'll then be, there's probably some room for concern. But the one thing... We'll be right back where we were a week ago. Yeah, the one Talking thing everybody that, off the ledge. The one thing you want to see with this team is how are they going to handle adversity? Because winning 76 nothing really tells you nothing about... No this team's readiness for the college football playoff. They scored on their first 11 possessions. Yeah. Tonight. So you didn't learn anything about how good they can be. You just learned that they don't suck, basically. They're, they have the capability to be a pretty good football team. How good they'll be, we got to wait and see them go through some adversity again. No doubt. So I think that's what that's my big takeaway from tonight. And I think, I guess in a good way, too, it's, you know, you got the these next two games at home before you really go on the road and kind of test yourself. And I think that it's going to be continuation of building on the foundation that they already have. And especially for some of these young guys that, uh, let's face it, they're going to be playing big minute or, you know, big snaps in, in, in big games uh, on the back end of the schedule. And, you know, they're going to need to, how do they react to some of this stuff? It's going to be interesting. And how do they do when they finally start playing some big-time receivers? Sure. I mean, that's the big question. Sure. I don't know that Nebraska has any of them. West Virginia generally has one or two. So, 
A lot of questions left to be answered, but we can't answer them tonight because they just beat a really shitty team, 76 nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. It is, uh, like, for us, it's about just after 2.20 a.m., so uh, I think it's time that we shut it down. Got some stuff we'll going on tomorrow. Uh, Bob Stoops, or Bob Presbillo, uh has his stuff up tonight. Uh, by the way, I did watch some uh, Big Noon kickoff. They need to let... Bob talk every once in a while on that thing. Like maybe they're just they're just warming him up for the big for the big debut next week. Or Bob's got to learn. It's kind of like with our show. He's got to learn how to just jump in, just bud his way in. Did, were they set up this morning inside the stadium? Yes. So they'll be inside the stadium was, next week. Was, uh, this week, I think so. I think they are broadcasting from Norman. Yeah. I wonder where they'll be. That'd be cool. Well, Ohio State's field is so huge on the yeah. Outside. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's not really any great place to put it in Norman. I Maybe guess you could put them like up in the the concourse, like in the north or the new south end. Yeah, zone. I've always been a big fan of them setting up on the east side with the backdrop with the stadium. I thought that was the best game day setup that they've had. I was like Colorado in like nineteen eighty nine or whatever. No, it was it was a couple years ago, wasn't it? They've set up over in the uh, South Oval as well. Yeah, the South Oval. I can remember that. I don't remember that. I'm sure it's happened. So anyway. But anyway, we got to get out of here. We'll be back again uh, coming up this week. Uh, thanks to Eskridge Lexus, uh, our official travel partner, uh, who will be helping us out travel uh, throughout the season. Uh, thanks to you guys uh, for being a big part of the pod over the years, and we really appreciate you. Thanks for you to listening. Uh, thanks to you for listening. Uh, we'll be back again uh, with the Unofficial 40 coming up this week. We may be moving to Thursdays. We've kind of had that discussion uh, because most of our media is Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, check the boards for that, but it could be for the rest of the season that we'll, we'll move to Thursday. We've uh, had those discussions. As I think that's an easier day for most of the crew. Uh, I'm good any day, but I want, it to be, I want it to be easy on everybody. So uh, just check the boards. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week after Nebraska comes to Norman uh, for the first time in a long time. Right here on the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast.